It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, it's Time Enough Podcast, where we talk about episodes of The Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here, sitting in a nighttime temple. Luke is in the nighttime temple. Howdy, partner. How you doing? Hopefully it's not too windy today. Well, I see you're affecting a new accent. Yeehaw, there's a snake in my boot. No, there's a cicada in your pants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I think you've gotten that story out before. Um, today... It's an execution. We're going to have us an execution. Yeehaw. Would Swing you, them up. Before we get into it, though, would you say this is a public or a private execution? Um. It's like there could... It's, it is technically public. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like, like the start of um, <clears throat> Hitchhikers. Like, well, you know, you could have gone to Venus and seen the execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what I was... Thinking, I was like, if you were just happening to be moseying along, hey, let me get a little bit of cheap entertainment. Mm-hmm. You would have gotten good entertainment with this one. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll briefly get to that. But first, um, let's see. I, I have some of the trivia, and you've got a little more than me. Yeah. While this teleplay is by Rod Serling, the story is based on a tale from George Clayton Johnson, and he uh, later becomes a regular writer for The Twilight Zone. He also had a hand in writing Logan's Run with William F. Nolan, Sick. which I didn't know he co-wrote that. Um, I thought it was the one dude. I, I guess he wrote the later ones himself. Mm. Uh, and um, I did, Oh, you mean he wrote the book? He helped with the book, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a co-written... Yeah, well, and, when I saw that in the trivia, I assumed you meant he helped with the script. No, no, no. no. He wrote the book, and then oh. the, I think the sequels was without him. Uh, he also, I did get at least one Star Trek reference that he uh, wrote the first Star Trek episode to air ever, which was The Man Trap. Yeah. Joe Caswell is played by Albert. Oh, God. It's like only? Salmi. Sorry, Salmi. it's because it's we're in a dim temple and I couldn't tell if that was an L or an I. He was one of those guys that gravitated way more towards Broadway and the live stage, but he's got a lot of TV Western credits, which is kind of a recurring theme around here, I found. He'll be back for several more Twilight Zone episodes. He's kind of a regular here, too. So um, sometimes I feel this podcast is turning into a little bit of a tabloid as this man's life ended in a Hollywood Babylon murder-suicide involving his wife in 1990. And it's not the first time that's happened with yeah. the stars of this show. I'm like, whoa, wild stuff. I mean, is it just the fact that the stars of this show were like men who were in Hollywood in the turn of... Like, That's why I keep throwing out Hollywood 50s, Babylon. If, that, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know what that is? It's a book. I think it's written late. I've only heard about it from you, but I have heard Okay, it, yeah. it's, it's a, just about the seedy, nasty side of Hollywood. So. But also, not only is it guys who like were in Hollywood during the seedy, nasty 1560s, they also fought in World War Two. Right. So it's understandable there was a lot of mental health problems in the <laughs> cast of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> 
I don't know about Russell Johnson. Hopefully he was fine because he's the professor here and we all know him as the professor on Gilligan's Island. Do I need to add anything else? He had other credits. He had the look of a professor type. I, I recognize him. He is the and professor. I haven't even watched much Gilligan's Island, but yeah, I must but have but seen him When around, you think yeah. about the professor, he's like, the, if yeah. you're not thinking of like white lab coat, just dodgy. You, yeah. If you're thinking professor out in the open, I feel like he's the first image that comes to mind. Yeah. Um... Than Wien played Paul Johnson, the thug that ends up with the noose around his neck. And it seems this is his main credit. It was, like, known for the Twilight Zone episode He execution. didn't have, like, a bunch of presents, so I'm not surprised this I, is but I just, only did. Okay, let me spell the name out. T-H-A-N. Than. W- Probably, like, Tan or Ton or something. W-Y-E-N-N. That's just that's a sci-fi name. I couldn't leave him out. Than Wien, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a Star Wars name. Yep. Okay. Um, and you got a bit of trivia. I, I, I didn't get his name because I was just browsing the IMDb. But the fellow who plays the pastor in this was the doctor in the original pilot of Star Trek. Right. So, I mean, um, Dr. Boyce is the character. But, okay. Yeah. There you go. So, Dr. Got... Boyce shows up. He, but he, because the reason I was looking at him is because I would have sworn blind he was the pastor for War of the Worlds. But it's just pastors in films in the 50s had a certain look, I guess. Yeah, one, one, one churchman looks like every other churchman. They all look the same. And the other interesting trivia is a bunch of the props in the professor's lab were from, like, Forbidden Planet and stuff. Oh, yeah, those show up all over. And I think we the, see the... the sound effects in the lab were pure Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. I, I, even, I didn't need to look that up. I knew those were, like, Enterprise Bridge sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so they did use some stock sounds. Well, I, thought, I would have thought they would have created them, but, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a big-budget show. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I learned while uh, looking this episode up on IMDb, do you know what the Twilight Zone's called in Japan? What is it? Mystery Zone. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as good as the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> Can you prologue us up with the prologue? <clears throat> Commonplace. Wait, no, that's not what it's going for. Yeehaw. Commonplace. If somewhat grim, unsocial event known as a necktie party, a guest of dishonor, a cowboy named Joe Caswell. Just a moment away from a rope, a short dance several feet off the ground, and then the dark eternity of all evil men. Mr. Joe Caswell, who, when the good Lord passed out a conscience, a heart, a feeling for fellow men, must have been out for a beer, had missed out. Mr. Joe Caswell, in the last quiet moment of a violent life. So I guess we're going to see a big turnaround with him in this episode. Yeah, this is going to be a redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Again, 25 minutes, I guess you got to spell it out, but sometimes you're like, hey, Rod, you're, you're awfully um, judgmental here. <laughs> well, right. He's very judgmental to the point that when the professor's talking, I'm just like, he looks like a wrong one. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I thought the next line was going to be like, you know, I measured his skull and it's definitely in the criminal bracket. Like. <laughs> well, if, if it had been the other way around, that would have yeah. been the case for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the closing narration is like, oh, Justice has no limits. Of t- is this is this whole episode like a PSA against statutes of limitation? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, what is the statute of limitation on murder? <laughs> I, 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 is there one on murder? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't think but so. But there's lots of things you wouldn't think so in the legal code. So yeah, you know, like you can't take your horse down Main Street on Sunday morning. Things like that. You know, things well, like that yeah. in the legal code. But, so, th- is this second, third cowboy episode of Twilight Zone? Second? Uh, we had Denton on Doomsday. Do we have yeah. another one? Maybe not. I mean, uh, this is the era of the Western. Well, so. that's what I was going to say, because the idea of just, here's a TV anthology show 
that does sci-fi and fantasy concepts. You wouldn't think that includes Western episodes now and then. <laughs> but the reason it does is because it was made in the 50s and Western was such a big cultural zeitgeist thing. What do we have on TV? Well, there are popular Westerns. No, but it's a different thing. It's not episodic. It's like, you know, like Deadwood or something, right? Yeah. And even then, that's that was like 20 years ago, man. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I think it would be... There'd be like one in ten episodes of today's Twilight Zone would be about superhero. That sounds about right. I mean, uh, the, the, the Black Mirror, of course, it's probably the most famous episode is the weird Star Trek thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which actually is only in Black Mirror I've seen so far. So. <laughs> so, if you want me to get in deep. Oh, I did notice I, you mentioned, you say it's a Western episode. There's not that much of Western in this. Well, it, Most of it's New York City, right? But it's, it's about a cowboy being transported to New York City. Yeah. So, yeah. A cowboy in New York City, a tall drink of fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did think, I, I saw some of the cityscapes were borrowed from that wild set. In, um, yeah, I definitely. Which yeah. is the last one I did, I think. Yeah, it might be. Or yeah, the four of us are dying. Yeah, yeah. So um, I definitely conned that. The music's a little different. I will say the shot when he first opens the window and looks at the city was really good. Oh, yeah. Now, the professor was... A little bit like, hey, check this out, which yeah. made it not, might not have been the best. <laughs> well, he, he didn't he like the guy's look like anyway. He wanted him to not. He wanted to not show him, and the guy talked him around. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> also, I thought it was going to go for the. Oh, it's going to be like our third or fourth. He freaks out and falls out a window ending. <laughs> <laughs> they, they must have had a guy who was really good at window smashing effects. The time machine had into Every script they could. Because the, the, no, he, he does smash a window behind him. Yeah. It doesn't quite fall out. He just gets thrilled with the cord. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the uh, the other guy, the thug that does end up in the news. He he he's in a the time machine has many windows. So yeah. He kind of fell through a window in a way of speaking. Yep. In a certain way of speaking. From a certain point of view. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I did it. That's why my accent was like slightly grizzled and <laughs> screwed up as well. I see. Yeah, I mean. This is one, I think of the ones I've done so far, this is the one where the ending felt like, I guess they felt they need to give it a Twilight Zone ending. (laughs) Because it's just like, oh, and then someone else ends up in the noose. What a twist. It's fine. It's like, it's fine and it worked, but it's also like, it wasn't that additive, really. Well, I just like that, you know, like they're like, hey, it's a different guy in like weird clothing. I mean, they don't know what happened. And then he's just like, he's probably bad. Oh, what have we done? Well, have we done the devil's work? Nah, it's probably fine. I bet he's bad too. <laughs> no, if you kill a man and you're justified, it's not the devil's work. Well, if you kill a man because you were killing a different man and they were swapped <laughs> through time travel, <laughs> I don't think there's a law for that. Yeah, yeah, this this episode is not aired in China, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon any Twilight Zone is aired in China? <laughs> Uh, maybe some mystery zones are, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think this episode could have been more interesting mm. if they hadn't, like, made Caldwell such a turd. <laughs> like, if they made it less of a moralizing, he was a bad person thing. If it was just about a cowboy, and the fact is that what we think of as heroic in a Western is pretty barbaric in the 50s, <laughs> might have been a more interesting story, right? Where yeah. they first introduced him as, like, he's kind of, he's heroic, he's a badass. And then you get to the time travel element and it's like oh going around solving problems with your guns and your fists is actually not great 
in civilization. There is an episode down the road that's going to basically I'm sure do it's a story it. that's what, been done, yeah. Yeah, there's a very good one that is probably a little better in this one, but... Yeah, <laughs> I think I like Twilight Zone the least when it's being overly moralistic. Hmm. Like, my favorite Twilight Zone is when there is no moral. <clears throat> it's just like, well, here's a whack thing that happened to a guy. How no, about you, that? You like Lovecraftian stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I keep, like, like in the prologue, I'm like, well, no no uh, shade of meaning there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like he's he's on the horse about to be hanged, just making them hate him more. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know what? I'd kill your son again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I regret nothing. got nothing to lose, I guess. That's how he ended up there in the I'd first I'd like place. to hope that if I was being hanged for my crimes, that I would keep giving sass. <laughs> <laughs> So you see, this uh, this Cadwell is a Cadwell. Maybe a personal hero for you then? Um, <laughs> not in his what he did, but kind of in his attitude. Yes, <laughs> just like never show remorse for anything. <laughs> I no was shame. Re- I was reminded of a terrible story. Um, so this was you know, six seven years ago. Terrible story alert. Uh, I was very very drunk. And I had this friend who I used to like picking up and doing wrestling moves on because he was very light. But on this occasion, he wasn't standing up so that I could give him a, because I could throw him. So I thought, okay, I'll pretend to kick him in the face. I did kick him in the face really hard. (laughs) That's not the bad bit. That's, you know, a drunken accident. But everyone was all very overreacting to it. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then while him and his girlfriend were out of the room, I went to my friend Mus, who you've you've met on the podcast. I was like, and I don't remember this, but Mus told me, I was like, hey, mate. I don't feel guilty at all. <laughs> like, I don't feel bad. I think it's really funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. It is really funny. But just the fact that I felt the need to tell him, like, I keep saying I'm sorry, but I'm not. But would you have said it with a noose around your neck? I mean, if I was being hanged just for kicking Jake Wilkinson in the face. Would you say sass? I'd have no sympathy. I'd kick him in the face again. I'd be trying to get my horse to kick the pastor in the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and, yeah, with the moralizing, obviously, we're, we're just, like, assuming that the professor's horrible biases are, like, fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are, but still, he, he just, he come he, like you said, I just don't like the way he looks. Mm-hmm. Well, because they, they were trying to say, like, it's the look in his eye. Mm. But then he's just like, and it's his face. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't, like, make him a specific ethnicity or anything. Yeah. Well, people have punchable faces sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. Like we just did the film Upgrade, where I said, hey, the, the, the Elon Musk stand-in has a very punchable face. Oh, yeah. Um, That's just a punchable face. I'm trying to think. Is Orlando Bloom's face punchable? Orlando Bloom? Yeah. No, this is just your DiCaprio thing where you're jealous of him because the girls fancied him when you were young. Well, I, like, no, I don't think the Piccadilly has a punchable face. I'm wondering if Orlando Bloom does. Because uh, what I'm trying to think of is, is there someone specifically I thought was punchable, but who wasn't a bad dude? Because mm. I can sit here and say that, like, various terrible white ring politicians have punchable faces. <laughs> but who have I met who had a punchable face? Well, I'm and talking I get about the, the look of their That's face. what I mean. I'm trying to think. Like, who that actor that could look? be a super awesome guy, but mm-hmm. he's just like, like Orlando Bloom. I don't, he could be super awesome and say, does he have a punchable face? No, I don't face? particularly find him to have a punchable face. Okay. I'm trying to think who I've met, and then, yeah, it turned out they were swell. But I was just like, you know, you've got a punchable face, though. But I can't think of one. Let me punch you a few times first, and then we'll get along fine. No, you know, I think, you know, I think I'm a deeper person than that. I get to know them, and then their face becomes punchable. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, or kickable with a, with a fake high kip, 
Again, makes contact. It was meant to be fake. <laughs> and now looking back on it, yeah, it was a bad thing to do, and I'm sorry. But it was so funny that I don't feel any regrets. It's all fun and games until someone gets punched in the face. And then it's the still face, very, very fun and games. <laughs> so if you had... <laughs> His point of view gets invited round to my house to play the new, like, dance game that I'm meant to be reviewing. I get rip-roaringly drunk way more than anyone else, and then I kick him in the face. Does he still talk to you? A little bit. <laughs> Well, because I was mostly friends with his girlfriend, and now they've broken up, we don't talk that much. Oh, okay. So that was exactly the person you should have kicked in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, with your writer's hat on, how would you have... We already have a scumbag. I mean, he's just... Mm. There's no way out of this. This guy's a scumbag, right? Right. Because that's what the episode is. That's the universe of this episode. Mm. That's the execution-verse. Right. (laughs) So how would you end this with your writer's hat on? He goes into the time machine because he needs to get back to the past, but he takes the place of the guy he shot. Oh, okay. So he gets his comeuppance put in a in a, a twisted way. Okay, I just saw that in a Star Trek Voyager episode, um, Ex Post Facto. Unfortunately, it's a terrible episode. You shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst. And that one, they basically... Um, it was like they wrote it before they had cast um, the guy who plays Tom Paris. Right. So they were right, like he was written in the episode just like a womanizing swine <laughs> who's a double indemnity into a, a um, alien um, punishment where he has to relive this murder every like 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just such a, you like, he was, you know, he's a Starfleet officer that just like was like got bored and decided to start screwing around with the ladies. Yeah. Whereas he's actually like a like this sweet little baby face guy. Once they get the actor. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> you know, maybe don't write. I bet that's not mentioned on his commemorative plate. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. That's it's at the bottom of his yep. exposed tattoo. Um, but yeah, so you wouldn't have brought in the, the Star Wars guy at all then? No, no, I don't really feel like he added much. Not really. Except that he I gets guess to be, be like, known oh, look, there's still crime here as well as in the past or something. Yeah. But. So wait, wait, uh, maybe I put this in my notes. Um, did, did he actually off the both of them before traveling through time, or he just kicked the crap out of them? Who do you mean? Oh, he, oh the, the professor was dead. Yeah, okay. The, Professor's dead. We have two and murders. And then he, he does kill um, our cowboy. Okay. Yeah. They're all dead. I was just yeah, making yeah. sure they weren't just like, you know, like, they're not quite dead. Every named character in this episode dies, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be... Okay, what if we rename this episode, Everybody Dies? Yeah, but what about all those guys at the start? I mean, I guess by the time you get to the 60s bits, they are dead. <laughs> Every named character in this dies. <laughs> like the book, John Dies at the End. Hmm. Did John die at the end? Kind of no. No. But then maybe yes. Did he get... Mission he died in the short story version, but then in the full novel version, you find out he doesn't. Oh. But then also there's a whole thing about how some people die and get replaced, so maybe he's dead. Oh. Is he an NPC? No, no, he's pretty dope. Okay. I haven't read it. <laughs> That's why I'm asking It's written questions. by a Cracked.com writer. Ah. Oh, that must be where I saw it, because I used to read that. Like, yeah. I haven't been... I, I actually went on there, uh, like, last week. I was like, nothing here is interesting. Yeah, it's, it's become a bit too internet. It's like one in three articles is worth reading on the... Re- like, one in three articles is not an ad. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> so, you know, when their editor-in-chief quit, hey, that changed things. Oh, that, yeah. that was the point where, uh, you know, we flushed the toilet on and all. Um, it seems to be a thing with websites. They don't stay good for it. No, no website stays good. Eventually, 
the stuff that was good about it is not profitable and it just becomes way too adverty or way too clickbaity or it pivots to crap videos. That's why you do it for the love. Yeah, well, that, that's why I've never gotten into mainstream podcasts. Mm. <laughs> I, I, if, so, if podcasting is your day, is like <clears throat> making you loads of money, I'm probably not interested in your podcast. Well, today I was talking to our, our friend and coworker Maddie, who is basically like all the comedy. Because I was saying, hey, when, just reiterating, there's not so many comedy movies these days. It's like, mm. well, it's all on podcasting. If you want to laugh, you listen to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, like, I think a lot of it's on TV. Well, it's just, it's online. Yeah. Like, the stuff I laugh at is so, like, melted-brained weird. <laughs> but, like, mainstream comedy does nothing for yeah. me. Well, there's anymore. no, like, there's no water-cooler comedy these days. There's nothing yeah. you just chat to people with. The last, the, the closest thing I think of recently that might have done that was The Good Place, but I didn't watch it, so I couldn't involve uh, myself I guess in Good Place and Bojack Horseman I was really into. But even then... Like, the comedy was kind of secondary to what you loved about that stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, Simpsons and South Park are still in the air. Just It's the fact that we live in Japan and don't watch television. Does anybody watch those shows? Presumably someone. I mean, people are watching the Twilight Zone now, but... Uh, but yeah, like, uh, people of my one, generation are younger. We have the internet. Why would we watch television comedy when I can get... Eight? Why would I watch 20 minutes with six punchlines when I can just watch the punchline in eight seconds? <laughs> Before I subject you to my line of questioning, do you have anything else you really want to throw out on this? A dope time machine? It's a pretty cool time machine, yeah. I like it. I really like the effect when you see them coming and going on the noose. Oh, yeah. It's obvious why they did it, because it would be very difficult to do it. So you see it, but I think it was very cool doing it in shadow. Yeah. Also, I always think the outside shots look great. And I go on IMDb and it's like, you can see wrinkles in the supposed sky in the background. It's like, mm. shut up. That's... That's part of the charm of 1960 oh, television. I'll tell you what I did see on the IMDb. I was like, oh, see where this is referenced elsewhere. It's like, it's referenced in Back to the Future. Back to the Future features time travel. That's the reference uh, to this. Like, <clears throat> Back to the Future 3 features time travel and the Old West. Apparently that's a reference to this episode. Yeah, because you, you like finding out, like, when is the first time, like, when are we seeing things for the first time with Twilight Zone? Mm. So we've already had time travel, like, eight times. On we've had time travel with a guy called Mai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, I'll tell you what is interesting, we have a time machine in this one. Right. A lot of the time travel we've seen so far has just been unexplained. Yeah. They've mostly just done, yeah, like, uh, a Yankee, Yankee and King Arthur's Court stuff. That is how the, 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 what I'm calling the better cowboy episode, it has yeah. the, just a King Arthur time shift. But yeah, this is, this, it's, this is unusual in that it bothers to explain its weird supernatural elements. What, what if we're, okay, what if we're thinking about portals, you know, like places where the cryptids live, you know, where the veil is thinner. Mm. Right? Yeah, what's, that, that's, what's that ranch called? Uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker, that's it, yeah. If yeah. you're hanging out at Skinwalker Ranch, um, you know, like maybe you're, you might fall through a pocket in time. Yeah, but that's how you end up in... Um... Somewhere. No, what's the phrase where you go to the wrong universe and something's a little bit different? What's the Parallel president of South Africa who was in prison? Ma oh, Mandela Effect. Yeah, okay. that's how you get Mandela Effect. <laughs> no, Mandela Effect is our universe slightly changes. Well, or it's you've been shifted to a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, what is it, uh, Transurfing? That's another one. It's, it's like, I actually read it for some reason. It's like this 800-page book about, like, walking through different realities. So oh, okay. if, if you were really good at transurfing, you could start here, and by the time you transurf properly, you'd be in a world of, like, filled with Godzillas. I want to go to that world. Yeah, they'd be everywhere. It's dope. <laughs> Do I get to be one? No, you'd run hey. around screaming. Uh. I don't know. I should be one. You're transurfing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how I always say, like, I would happily die getting eaten by a bear. 
I said that to a Japanese person who grew up around bears and she freaked out. He's <laughs> 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 just saying it to like you and Matty. I was like, yeah, okay, mate. And she's like, what? What? But it would hurt so much. Would you yeah. fight the bear first? I would never fight a bear. Actually, no, I would, I would never kill okay, a bear. Would you wrestle one. the bear Greek yeah, style? Yeah. 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 Okay. Also, they, these Japanese bears are not that big. I could punch one out. Mm, they got sharp claws. Those Hokkaido yeah, you, bears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you always hear stories about like some little old lady punches a bear to leave their farm alone. Uh, <laughs> so. I think it's mostly because they're like malnourished. But. Would the would hundred bucks on Patreon be enough to get you in with the bear? Did we say a hundred? I thought we said more than a hundred. <laughs> oh, I guess it depends on the animal. I think it's a hundred for chickens or cats. <laughs> Maybe it's like one dollar per gram the animal weighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kilogram. Okay, that works. So uh, yeah, if you want me to find like a twenty kilogram cat, twenty bucks. <laughs> do we have to include the cost of the steel cage too? I mean, even renting that would be expensive. That's true. I do really want my own steel cage though. Yeah, you can read. I mean, the steel it. cage that a cat fits into wouldn't be very expensive. <laughs> 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 Open the lid, punch the cat, and close. I think you have to fit the cage too. That's part of the deal. <laughs> Shooting fish in a barrel, punching cats in a cage. <laughs> I think the cage has to be big enough for both of you. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, questions. The first question that I ask is, um, who went into the Twilight Zone? Do you have to go into a time machine to go into the Twilight Zone? It, well, because it's like such a dry time machine, it almost feels like no one went into the Twilight Zone in this one. <laughs> I guess Cool World because just the 60s was his Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> or the 50s when they filmed. But yeah, the 60s is Twilight Zone for a lot of people. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so how about the other thug? Uh, well, he just gets there and dies. So does he? He, he, just, he runs, he's just like, it's he like that Twilight brief... Zone's like a brick wall and he just runs into it. But I think the, um, the party who went to the hanging went to the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Because they just had a weird, inexplicable event. Yeah, they probably have the most. They're mostly just going to go on with their lives, but that's always going to be something they remember. Hey, this one time. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, Grandpa, shut up. Well, they got the good Twilight Zone experience, where there's something totally whack happened and they yeah. you know, can tell people about later. Uh, the professor, he created the time machine. Does it count Did as he... going to the Twilight Zone if you, you like, manually constructed your ticket there? He like... built the Twilight You can build machines to other dimensions, right? Yeah, but, yeah. like... The, like in the Terror 30,000 Feet does the guy flying the plane go to the Twilight Zone he just flew <laughs> he just had some engine trouble yeah <laughs> this guy just had some time machine trouble so let's keep it I, I, I'm, I'm basically going to kind of go with yeah it was the people watching the execution that yeah I think really they would but, but for the do they deserve their trip in the Twilight Zone we will focus on the two thugs and the professor let's start with the professor is he uh, I mean he's a guy who just assumes people are evil based on their looks yeah so, yeah he kind of deserves See, like a bit of what he got that weird just like that yeah I, you'd be like feel, you'd feel worse for him so just everyone in this episode sucks basically well the um the second criminal like he's burglarizing houses is that a hanging offense we did he, he killed the dude right I think the dude tried to take his gun first, though. Yeah, but he did kill the dude in the end. I, yeah. Okay, maybe it's self-defense. Right. Well, might... I, I, I don't even... I don't actually believe any crime is a hanging offense. No, so. I would go with that as well. Uh, like, I, I'm not a believer in the death penalty. <clears throat> so no one, no one deserves their, their, this uh, lone tree hanging. Well, you know, he has his speech right about how you know, justice and good, even, good and bad and right and wrong, they're easy to talk about in a nice warm home. 
different on the frontiers. I understand why the death penalty was more necessary in the Old West or in medieval times. Um, but it has been proven a million times over that certainty of capture is a much bigger deterrent than uh, severity of punishment. Yeah, so there's absolutely no need for a death penalty anymore. Yeah, I guess the thing with the frontier, yeah, where are you going to put them, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no facilities nearby. But also just like um, you, there's a good chance people are going to get away with stuff, so you need to make it real scary that they get caught. Mm. So that's why you have to have a death penalty in that sort of situation. But in a, a society as close-knit as this one, maybe you can just drop that all together. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd never be the one. I, I don't think I could... I don't know. I don't know what I'd be like 500 years in the past, but... Mm. It's, it's easy. Well, maybe that's what the speech was about. It's easy to sit here and say, yeah, of course I wouldn't do that. But. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I think one of my students was asking me, like, oh, you know, if you were living in Ukraine, would you stay and fight? And it's like, I, wanna, I, cannot, I cannot know for sure what I would do. <laughs> I can say what I'd like to believe I'd do, but I don't know. <clears throat> you know, no one knows till you're there. All right, all right. Uh, tripometer. I'm, I'm feeling you're low on this one. Yeah, you, it's you, like Time travel's not enough for you. My, tri- my tripometer would just, like, be a... Okay. I was, I'm going with a milk toast three. Mm. This has got time travel. The fact of, I, I, I mean, I, you got the magnificent seven, the hateful eight, the milk toast three. <laughs> <laughs> milk toast three gets a three. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, uh, you know, there's a few moral conundrums to, to stew on. Um, I, I've been finding a lot of episodes. It's like that one effect is the thing that I'm almost like kind of thinking about. And, mm. um, this one doesn't really have like that one effect. Like you said, the the time travel news thing's pretty cool. Mm. So I, maybe that's it. There's a pretty cool lab as well. Yeah, but the I don't lab. see that as trippy. Yeah, we got maybe uh, it was and, trippy for like fifty nine. We saw in Forbidden Planet already, right? Yeah, literally a lot of it. <clears throat> and the time machine is cool, but but this is nineteen sixty when it aired, so we had like the time machine, time machine. That's yep. much more like stylish and hip. I will. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I learned that the word milk toast is like spelled with a Q and stuff. What? I it's like, like it with a Q. I thought it was literally just milk and toast. Like, what are the two blandest flavors? Ah. Milk and toast. <laughs> well, I, I think the. Because I said, oh, that's white bread. That's milk toast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can spice up your toast. You get some jam, right? Yeah, but you don't want just milk toast. Put some Baileys in your milk. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what was your score again? Okay. See, now you're going to rewind and see if it was the same or not. I don't think it was. That was, that was a bit higher than what I gave it originally. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I just I, I talk about everything now. I'll talk about everything. This is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Pod on Twitter. It's on Facebook and stuff like that. It's under the podcasting umbrella of Podcastio, Podcastius, where you will find Luke and myself shouting about sci-fi movies and dropping F-bombs on that one um, I talk about some something on oral hygiene and you talk about stuff yeah you can find me uh, Luke Loves Pokemon that's at, on Twitter at Luke Loves PKMN that's another one like this that's very family friendly I just go through a Pokemon family each week if you have an interest in Pokemon it's probably worth listening to an episode on your favourite monster and see if you like it I have a Monster Hunter podcast called Monster Mash that's on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod by the time you're hearing this episode I think it, we're about to come back because Sunbreak's about to come out um, but in the meantime, I've been doing a, yet another podcast called Game Game Show, which you can find on Twitter at Game Game Show. 
um, where me and my friends do comedy quizzes about video games. Um, and that one and the Monster Hunter one are going to be alternating weeks once Monster Hunter's back in our lives. Whoa. But yeah, like Matt said, you can find all of the podcasts me and Matt create. Go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius, where you can find links to the shows. And if you feel like it, chuck us a buck. Okay. I guess I'm going to send you back to the future. Oh, the boy went mad and he shot up the town with his brand new gun. He cut them down. His eyes were wide and his teeth were white and he knew he had to lose so he had to fight. He was strolling down the street with his rifle in hand and it felt he had to kill cause he had to be a man. They taught him in the service how to kill him right and he knew he had to lose so he had to fight. turning green and the cars began to move he knew the time was coming there were things he had to prove so he leveled off the barrel and he pulled the trigger tight and he knew he had to lose so he had to fight he shot him seven people they fell down on the street they never knew what happened, all the friends they'd never meet. His mission was now over, though it was a bloody sight. And he knew he had to lose, so he had to fight. Police sirens pierced the crowd, I did it all, he said, and turned the rifle toward him and blasted off his head. No one cared about the boy before the news that night, and he knew he had to lose, so he had.